0: Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you.
1: This is the Marked podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West
0: and Elizabeth Hindman.
1: Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how He has and is marking each of us.
0: Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table.
1: We're so glad you joined us today. Before we jump into today's episode, we want to talk to you about something that's really important because it's something that's affecting all of us in one way or another, um, but it's something that maybe we're not all aware of.
0: Yeah. So what we want to talk about is the End It movement. And I just wanted to share some stats first before we begin, and because these are things that maybe you've heard before or maybe you are unaware. I know I was unaware until a couple of years ago, but there are 40 plus billion slaves globally today. And that's more than ever before in human history. And slavery is a multi-billion dollar industry with human trafficking generating $150 billion annually. And slave owners often prey on the poor and the weak. One in four victims of forced labor is a child. And 71% of global slaves are female. So this is an issue that is affecting so many people around the world. And in the U.S., it's estimated that about 403,000 people live in slavery. So it's something that affects people around the world, but also possibly those down the street from you. So it's something that we wanted to bring to everyone's attention, but also not just bring it to your attention, but to help you to know ways that you can help uh, end it. And that's what the movement is called is End It.
1: Um, you know, and there are a lot of ways that you can participate in that part of that is just by raising your voice and speaking out and saying, hey, we recognize that this is happening, and we realize that it's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, awareness requires action, even if it's something small, just like a conversation with somebody else, just right. just to talk about the fact that hey, this is a present reality for us where we are today. Um, you know, and and you may have seen over the last few years a lot mm-hmm. of people um, around this time of year with a red X drawn on their hand, um, and that may seem like a really simple thing, but that is a conversation prompter. Right. And even there have been um, a lot of celebrities that have participated in that too. Mm-hmm. You know, who they're in a spotlight in a different way than than the most. Most of us, right? You know, but it's caused the conversation to raise up as a result of seeing that. And so, um, that end it day is actually on February the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't have to wait just for that day, or just to only on that day to take action and do something. You can wear a red X anytime, um, and just to tell everybody that you're around, that that um, you're in it to end slavery as we know it today. Um, it's another conversation starters, and they you know help educate and inspire other people, um, even if it's just one by one.
0: Yeah, and another thing that you can do is just to learn more about this issue. Uh, we'll provide some links in the show notes that help you to learn more and educate yourself so that you can help, as you're having those conversations, educate others. You can learn how to identify a victim and act responsibly by reaching out to your local law enforcement when you see something concerning. You can write about it on social media, on your blog, um, however, you. if you have an email newsletter or whatever you're... Your way of getting your voice out there is you can volunteer and mentor. You can donate your time with an organization that is doing the work of bringing awareness and rescuing these victims. You can pray for these organizations. You can talk about this with your circle. You can support legislation in your community to help support victims. You can start a prayer group or pray on your own for the victims and for the organizations that are serving them. Yeah. The point
1: is just to do something. And yes. so we're gonna give you links like Elizabeth mentioned, mm-hmm. but you can visit endit.com to learn more about the movement to end or to end modern day slavery. And you can download images to share on your social accounts. You can make a poster, you can do all kinds of creative things to get the word out and just to say, Hey, I recognize that something's going on and I want to do something about that and to support these partners in their work to end slavery. Um you can we actually in our Lifeway stores right now mm-hmm. have um the End It Red X T-shirts and sweatshirts that you can pick up. Um, we'll link to all of that kind of stuff, or you can just walk into your local Lifeway store and pick one of those up. And one just kind of incentive for you to like to take some action and um, is to in the month of February, um, all of our Lifeway Christian bookstores are offering twenty um, percent off your purchase if you will post about it on social media and show the employee at the register. And yeah. so if you post about the End It Movement on your own social media account, whether that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, mm-hmm. wherever, um, and show them, you'll get twenty off of your purchase in the month of February.
0: Yeah. And again, um, the day to raise your voice is on February 7th. You don't have to wait until then, but that's when a lot of people, you'll see those posts popping up in your feeds. And um, so that's just a way to get the conversation going even more so is because you'll be doing it with people around the world you'll be participating in that conversation on February 7th
1: awesome we hope that you guys will join us and today's episode you're gonna um, really hear about what it looks like to equip women to engage with tools and in conversations just like these and in just making a difference with the voice that God has given you and Mm -hmm. so on to today's episode Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of Marked. We are so glad to still be back from the new year and just um, are excited about what this year has in store, aren't you, Elizabeth? I know, 2019. I know, it's going to be good. And so I hope that you guys listen to our New Year's episode that just came out, just kind of talking about um, not anything like New Year, New You, but just, you know, (laughs) what's God teaching you this year? And like, what is it that um, you're trying to listen for His voice in and and just kind of what are kind of where are you headed this year? And so I hope that if you missed that one, you'll go back and take a listen. Um, But we are super excited to have um, two new friends to us um, on the podcast today. It's Rachel Joy and Nikki Lawrence from Sparrow Conference. Hello. Hello.
2: Hello. We're so glad
1: y'all are here with us today.
2: We're glad to be here. So excited. I know.
1: It's gonna be fun, well, would you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves? Tell us a little about about Sparrow
0: and just kind of who you are and what you do, and if you'll say your name first so that way our listeners can know who's talking when that'd yes. be great,
3: too. absolutely. Well, my name is Rachel Joy, and I am a mom of four, a pastor's wife. My husband is a pastor at the Village Church here in Flower Mound, Texas. We have four little ones, ranging from 10 to two. And I am the founder and director of Sparrow Women, and we put on the Sparrow Conference, and uh, we catalyze the next generation of reconcilers or peacemakers here in Dallas and beyond.
2: Yeah. And I am Nikki Lawrence. I am 37, single, uh, found myself working in corporate America by day and uh, with Rachel on um, Sparrow Women by night, uh, managed partnerships for our ministry. And I've really enjoyed the journey with her as a single woman in corporate America of learning how to bring kingdom really to uh, the workplace and uh, in ministry. So Uh, love her she's a sister and a friend and we have a lot of fun serving together yeah we do
1: how (laughs) long how long have y'all been working together or just like from the from when you were doing Sparrow by night now that you do it by day like Uh how how long have y'all been doing that
3: My goodness. Uh, So this is our seventh year at Sparrow and then Nikki and I have been working together almost from the beginning. Five years? Yeah, five years. Mm. Five years and running. So we have partnered together for quite some time and it has been such a joy to run alongside you. So fun. Mm -hmm. So fun and so sweet. Introduced by
2: a mutual friend at church and heard Rachel's Heart for Sparrow Women and how it could be a part and so started out as a greeter actually which is really fun and then MC Sparrow Conference for the last 3 years mm. so uh, it's been a blast and looking forward to Sparrow 2019 here in March
0: awesome yes. So. Yes. I'm looking forward to it too so last year I came for the first time and it was one of my favorite conferences that I've been to it was just such a good uh such good conversations I feel like were started and continued from the stage and then in the just with the people that I was with and and that was really fun um it was exactly a catalyst for that kind of conversation and reconciling and peacemaking and all that so and you did a great job emceeing as well I said (laughs) I was like she's so good at this because you it would be a real serious moment and you you acknowledge that and then it's like the next minute we're all up laughing and dancing and it was great it was a perfect perfect uh, mix of those things we're glad
2: you came out and so thankful uh, that the lord met you there
0: yes so sparrow women is all about truth meeting culture why is it important for us to engage in cultural conversations as believers
3: yeah so a lot of this i'll be honest um as a believer, I didn't always engage in culture. Mm -hmm. And as I've grown in my faith and grown in the knowledge of the scriptures, I've learned along the way that it is important that we do engage in culture. The reason why is because way back in Genesis 128, we're given the cultural mandate. God set us up as image bearers um, to be culture cultivators right he set us up that way but then you have the fall right sin enters it all gets muddled and messed up um and so what we see is jesus obviously later on, it comes in, he um, goes to the cross. But before that, what he does is he teaches us, he lives a perfect life and he teaches his disciples how to cultivate kingdom culture here on earth. He says in Matthew nine, he says, man, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And he says, and we have to pray. And do you know what the answer to his prayer was? them. Mm. They were the answer to his prayer. And so he commissions them out into the world to go to those who are marginalized, to those who are hurting, to those who are dying, who need the gospel of peace, who need the good news. Um, He tells them to go to them, to meet their needs, to love them um, and to tell them about Jesus. And so anyway, all that to say is he is teaching them to be Culture cultivators, kingdom cultivators, in um, uh, to the ends of the earth, and so that's why it's important that we care about culture. Because let me tell you something: you scroll through Instagram, you scroll through the news, and it is hard. Yeah, yeah. It's messy. It is dark. And um, if we're to be a city on a hill, we have been given the good news, and. Um, We have been set up with this beautiful inheritance, and God says that we are equipped um, with the good news. We have been given all that we need to take what we know to be true, the truth of the Bible, the truth of who God is, that he himself is our peace, and we are to take that out to the ends of the earth. We weren't saved to be put on a bookshelf and Mm -hmm. look. We were saved and sent. And this is a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. that God, sovereign, would send his people, Mm -hmm. people like us, Mm -hmm. broken and messy and all, but that he would save and send someone like me to be a peacemaker in the world. Yeah. How freeing is that? I mean, I'm freed up to be a peacemaker in the world. Mm -hmm. I don't know of a better job. I don't know of a better job. (laughs)
1: Can I get
2: an amen? Amen. amen. Yes. yes. Amen in the whole way. I think Rachel said it so well, and it's our charge. The scriptures mm-hmm. talk about that we are ambassadors for Christ. And yep. so God, as Rachel just said so eloquently, is making his appeal through us. And so not mm-hmm. only is it kind of how what we were created to do, but then the scriptures tell us, go, be a fragrance of Christ in the world, pursue peace, seek it. And so that's at Sparrow Women what we try to uh Remind women that they're
1: called to do and then equip them to do it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love that. I just Mm -hmm. and I think those the facets of reminding what reminding women what we're called to do, because I think a lot of women forget like they forget that we are chosen and called and that God desires to use us. And sometimes they're looking around going, well, what's my purpose? Why am I here? And it's like. We already know this truth and we've got to be as sisters in Christ, the ones who remind one another. And I love that. And just to to then send those women out to do the thing is so crucial to the to the whole piece coming together.
2: And what we love is that at Sparrow Women, we try to remind women, no matter what sphere you're in, this applies to you. And it's one of my favorite parts about Sparrow. There's stay-at-home moms, there's working moms, there's singles, there's professionals. But I think the charge, and maybe Elizabeth can say from her experience of going to the conference, is for everyone. We all have a platform and the Lord has commissioned us specifically to steward that platform for the ministry of reconciliation. We've been given that. We're told again in 2 Corinthians, Inspired that it's upon us to do so. So I love that personally about Sparrow Women, that it is a place for everyone at the table. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And honestly, um, Nikki, just kind of bouncing off of what you just said, you know, this word reconcilers, you know, that y'all use is very much a part of your vocabulary and you you just mentioned, um, you know, what does it look like, you know, for women who aren't, who would think of like reconciling with a child or with a spouse or things like that, how is it in in the Sparrow Women culture and just in where you guys are coming from, from a biblical perspective, like what does it look like for women to be reconcilers?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. We talk a lot about that. For us, reconciliation is peacemaking. It mm-hmm. is the pursuit of peace. It is seeking peace. And whatever space you're in, that means closing the gap on conflict. So as a mom, we were talking about this earlier, pointing your children to culture at the park, at its school, at yeah. diversity, yeah. in the playground, in their uh, uh, when they go to church when they play with their friends? How can we close the gap on conflict and teach them how to pursue peace, even as children? Mm -hmm. And for me, working in corporate America, it's going to every day with a kingdom cultivating lens. This is just not an assignment or a meeting. These are God's creation. And I want to close the gap and educate and inform and bring peace in areas where there may be dissension, uh, confusion about um, culture issues. We talked a lot about uh, Cynthia Brown was just granted clemency, just praising the Lord for that yeah. and saying, how to bring those conversations to yeah. the table, whether at work, at play or at rest. So I would answer saying reconciliation at Spare women is the pursuit of peace, mm. of mercy and of justice, mm-hmm. uh, helping people bring that in whatever sphere they're in.
3: Yeah, I would add to that too, what we do at Sparrow, and I know we do this a lot um, through the scriptures, whether it be at your church or ministry, I know you do this through Lifeway through publications and things like that, um, but we are... Um, what we like to talk about is in Second Corinthians, which Nikki talked about, it talks about being reconciled to God and then reconciled to one another. Mm-hmm. And so we will beat that drum until we go home um, to heaven. And so you must be reconciled to God, meaning um reconciliation with God is 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 peace with God, right? And so you come into fellowship with with God. And then you come into fellowship with one another. And what does that look like? Let me tell you, it is hard and it is messy. Um, and you must, um, take on the posture of humility. Um, and you must lay your life down for your brother or your sister. Um, and so, uh, that is a lot of what we talk about. Um, another layer of that is we were just talking about this before we were talking with you all, but it's really the art of, Pushing past um, labels, pushing past broad strokes, and seeing someone. Yeah. Seeing someone, their story, and asking questions. Where did you come from? What is your past? And really seeing them and validating their story and what they've been through and all that they've come to the table with, but also saying, you're welcome here. Yeah. Yeah welcome here. Because what I love about Jesus is that he didn't swoop in and, and um, put a Band-Aid on something. He didn't swoop in and, um, you know, pat people on their heads or even just give them a bite to eat. You know what he did? He dined He's with bad. them. Yeah. He in with them, he fellowshiped with them, and so we want to take that posture, and that we want to get them the good news. Um, we want to talk about being reconciled to the Father of all creation, and then also reconciled with one another, and creating that even flow of fellowship. Um, and, and you know, I don't want to pretend like it's. All easy. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> easy. Right. Elizabeth, you know, we talked about yes. this last year at the conference. It's not easy. It's yeah. not bells. Um, but it's pushing past the labels, pushing past the broad strokes, and loving all the more because we're all made in the image of God. So when I understand your story. I am pushing past and knowing more all about you and I'm knowing more about the father. The more I know about you, the more I see the essence of who he is mm-hmm. and the more I get pushed toward, toward the father, you know, and it's just this beautiful, yeah. beautiful, peaceable yeah. fragrance of Christ. And Absolutely. so, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love you it. can't, you can't do
2: that without knowing. And that's why I think we're Sparrow Women. And it was so encouraging to hear Elizabeth say that. It was a great catalytic event and a conversation starter because all that Rachel mentioned is fantastic. But if you don't even know what you don't know, it's hard to enter into a tough conversation. It's hard to go, wait a minute, I'm seeing somebody with a broad stroke, right? And so at Sparrow Women, I think our, our hope is that we allow women the opportunity to reflect and to pray about where they are in the conversation, where they are in the spectrum. Um, it doesn't happen apart from the Holy Spirit, right? This is an inner working. It's yeah. not anything too clever. It's not our great speakers. It's not Rachel's gifts and talents. It is actually a work of the Holy Spirit. But unless you're pointed to and allowed time and space to ask for help and revelation, we believe it's for our women that that doesn't
1: even happen. And so it is
2: a multi-phased uh, journey and one we're still on. Absolutely. Yeah,
3: for sure. we're still on. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think some of it is just beginning the conversation mm-hmm. and just like you said, kind of opening up our eyes, like what do we need to be talking about? What kind of questions do we need to begin to ask so that we're not just standing from afar going, I don't know what to do about all that. And and I think that sometimes it just begins with like just taking a step and like you said, like looking other women and other people in the eye and go, tell me your story. Tell me where you came from. And so, you know, where we are culturally right now, um, you know, what are some conversations that we should be having or that we should be a part of? And, you know, how can we best engage in those conversations while bringing in truth and hope into our words and actions as we are ministering to the needs of other people around us? You know, like kind of where where are some starting points right now?
3: I believe some great starting points. Um, I always tell women this, and it, it seems like, wait, didn't I just ask you for some starting points? That seems like you're taking a step backwards. Um, great starting points would be to stop, to get on your knees, and to pray. Yeah, <laughs> to pray that the Lord would put um, to give you eyes to see, and mm-hmm. um, to give you ears to listen, and um, to give you. Um, the armor of God and to operate from the victory in which you have been given, but also the humility of Christ mm, yeah. and to operate out of those two places. Yeah, and yeah. so to walk in the spirit of humility and the victory that you've been given. And then um, to start, um, I believe in the scriptures, reading about God's heart for mm-hmm. unity is key. Mm-hmm. If you can get grasp God's heart for it, I would start with Second Corinthians 5. Ephesians, First John, those passages wrecked me. Wrecked me. Um, I was given eyes to see, and now I can't go back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I can't go back. So um, it's just a beautiful thing. Um, and then from there, um, I, you know, Nikki and I were a part of a group of women from our church. Um, it was eight of us. <laughs> there were eight of us. We gathered around a table. And we had dinner and we just struck up conversation. We were friends. And um, from that um, grew a true relationship where we could start asking questions. We heard each other's stories and we had mutual respect for one another. Um, I'm not saying you need to start there, but I'm saying maybe it's just coffee to hear someone's perspective. Maybe it's just looking someone in the eye or pushing yourself to have a conversation with someone you wouldn't normally have a conversation with. Yeah. Um, it's it's the simple things. or it's reading a book to your child that you wouldn't normally mm-hmm. read. or I noticed that I was reading books to my children very early on and um, that were based um, in all one vein, you know, all one um, ethnicity. All want, you know, and so with my daughter, we started reading books by a lot of different authors from a lot of different ethnicities, from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, we started um, uh, talking about different histories and different things that she wasn't necessarily learning at school. Yeah, but she was I mean, it is mm-hmm. such a uh, it's a jumping off place. It can feel very overwhelming at first, but it's just taking that initial step mm-hmm. of. And maybe I'm going to try this book by this author um, that I want to read. I want to understand. So anyway,
2: relationships matter for sure. I love that Rachel said that because I think a lot of these harder conversations are better had when you have relationship with someone. So I love how she talked about our group who has dinner, but Other things are just maybe you're a mom and you're bringing your child to a soccer game. Have eyes to see who's around, what other parents are there, who you can strike up a conversation with. Maybe it's taking a different way home in -hmm. your city, right? Maybe you live in the suburbs and that's perfectly fine or you live in the city and that's perfectly fine. Take a new way home. Ask the Lord prayerfully to show you who's around you, who makes up the competition. Composition of your neighborhood or your city, I would also say ask a lot of questions. Hey, how did that make you feel? What am I maybe not seeing here? Can you tell me a little bit about what you interpreted about this news article or this story? Just having dialogue that's a little bit more inquisitive. And then at sparrowwoman.com, we take our time with resources. And I know for people who are like, I don't even know where to start. We've done a couple of studies and videos on there that could be helpful in stirring up those thoughts. But 100% agree that you start in prayer and you start in the Word of God before any of those other steps.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Gotcha.
2: I that love totally that. makes
0: sense. And that's kind of what I saw. I think that's what sparrow provided for us is kind of like that table i guess to come to even though i did not have a relationship with a lot of the women there already it kind of just opened up that opportunity to ask those questions and say okay well when so-and-so said this from the stage how did that make you feel and why and it gave us that uh freedom to ask those questions because we were all there together talking about the same thing and i and i imagine that's very similar to being at a table, like the table that y'all were talking about, um, just gathering together and asking those questions. And I think that's something that we are um, lacking a lot in society is the asking questions and the listening. I feel like we talk a lot. I mean, it's all over the news. It's all over you know our churches, the racial reconciliation as a as a specific kind of reconciliation we're seeking right now and and learning about, and it's it's hard work. Like you said, it's it's difficult. It's going to cause us to need to go out of our comfort zones. We're going to have to do some research, maybe. You know, if because I know a lot of women tend to stick with the people that are like them, and that may not be on purpose at all, but that's just kind of how our churches are formed. That's how our groups are formed. That's just geography sometimes, you know? And so um, I think that's something that a lot of people are probably asking. They're like, this is important to me and I want to be a reconciler in this area, but I don't know where to like actually start. I don't even know where to find people that are different from me, whether it's ethnically or like socioeconomically or like all these different things. Like how What are some very practical ways that you could point people, whether they are stay-at-home moms or they're single ladies or they're, you know, working at a church maybe even? Um, I know sometimes for us that work in ministry, it's difficult to find people to hang out with that aren't in ministry. And so what are some practical ways that you could give people to find people that are different than them to hang out (laughs) with and to learn from and to ask these questions from?
2: Yeah, I would, I would start with maybe volunteering even in a different part of the city, right? Maybe grabbing a girlfriend on a weekend and going to a different part of the city and volunteering. Uh, you might meet diverse people there and uh, have the ability to start some conversations. Um, I also think that, uh, as I mentioned before, children offer such a safe and easy way for uh, people to make connections with Uh, people that they don't know or don't have. Interestingly enough, and it seems so simple, but working out in a different circle. (laughs) And so I have, you know, um, memberships working out and I've met a plethora of people across the city um, that I wouldn't typically meet. I would also suggest as singles or as families to maybe visit a different church. I encourage that. I think, you know, we love our church. I've been there for eight years. Rachel's been there over a decade. But once in a while, popping into a church in another part of town to worship together with them yes. is a great way to make a connection and have a conversation about mm-hmm. this. Um, again, you know, Sparrow women—that is our heart, not mm-hmm. not to push the conference, but just like Elizabeth stated, you're sitting beside someone likely because we're made up of a diverse attendee group who's nothing like you, unless you came with them. We have people from all over the country. We've had even people from Canada. And so pausing in the breaks to have conversations and go, hey, what did that last breakout uh, mean to you? You know, what did you learn and what did you take away? So those are a couple
3: things that come to mind for me. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Volunteering is the biggest way that I've seen uh, people uh, kind of cross those socioeconomic barriers, Uh, as simple as, um, you know, uh, going to the, you know, even like one town over and going and volunteering, um, just for a weekend with your family or, um, uh, in your ISD, different ISDs put on school fairs and things like that, even doing those types of things. Um, and then again, yes, the church crossover, visiting a different church, and um, that has been one of the largest influences on Sparrow, I will say. And that is because we have over 50 churches that come to Sparrow. Um, and let me tell you, it is a diverse group. Yeah. Um, and And I love it because uh, I, again, I see the different um, image bearers of Christ. And so I'm telling you that when you go to a different church and you experience um, how another person worships the Lord and what they bring to that, it's just, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. And you're able to ask questions. It's it's. Yeah, beautiful. So mm-hmm. it, it can be as simple as that, um, but I would pray because I do believe that we serve a God that mm-hmm. will provide opportunity That's if right. we ask, um, and so um, in the in the smallest of ways, you know.
2: And it's not to add another thing to do or like a checklist to accomplish. I think the right, hope, right. and even at Sparrow Women, is to rehearse heaven, right? Heaven mm-hmm. in Revelation seven is every nation, every tribe, yeah. every So if we spend life here around people that look like us and sound like us, we might run into a bit of a shock when we get to heaven. And these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I think the heart is not how do I achieve here and how do I create this list of how to engage. It's, man, Lord, open the eyes of my heart to rehearse heaven and to rehearse glory and to be prepared for communion with brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Mm -hmm. that's the heart uh, that needs to happen before you do any homework, you know, for lack of a better word.
1: Absolutely. And those are just good, easy things that, like, Mm I love that today we're talking about things that for some people feel super intimidating, like, but, but we've broken it down and y'all have really done a great job and giving mm-hmm. us some very practical ways yes. that anybody could take and do something with. And even when you were talking, Nikki, um, I was thinking about how my mom has started going to the, to the YMCA that's right by her house. And she, I was like, I asked her the other day and I said, have you made any friends? She goes, Oh yeah. And like, she's just making all <laughs> kinds of friends in her little wa- water Pilates and stretch classes and, <laughs> you know, that aren't her, but it's also, she was, you know, she's going by herself. And I think a lot of us are afraid to do things alone. And mm-hmm. even sometimes like, and I love being with my friends and it's, but it's, sometimes it's intimidating to be by myself and to put myself out there and say, hey, like stick my hand out and say, Hey, I'm Mary Margaret. What's your name? And to not have kind of like my binky friend, who's that person that I can kind of like, you know, just,
0: <laughs> I didn't know what you're talking about. First, a binky friend, and I, then know. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like a baby binky. I don't know. Yes.
1: <laughs> you just kind of have to have with you all the time. But I think a lot of us operate out of this mentality that like, well, I've already got my people, so I'm okay. And I yeah. don't need, I don't I don't have to take the time to do that. And sometimes just being brave to go by yourself somewhere Mm -hmm. and show up and, you know, and, and to be, you know, and I would say for some of you today who are listening, who are thinking about going to Sparrow or a conference like this even if you all of your friends can't go like you yeah. go, if God's prompting you to go, you, you go and, mm-hmm. and, and make some friends and connections and, and get outside of your comfort zone. Because I think for a lot of us, we're like, we're looking around going, well, who else is going? Like mm-hmm. who of my friends is going? And if nobody else is going, we're not, we're not going to go mm-hmm. like, cause we wouldn't go alone. And for some of yeah. you, that may mean buying a plane ticket or finding a babysitter or taking a vacation day or whatever that may mean. Um, but if that's where God is prompting and leading you, don't miss his best for you because your best friend isn't going with you right and mm-hmm. and it can open up some new doors and opportunities that you never had imagined That's so great. and i
0: think the the why is important because like you said all of y'all have said it's not just another thing to add to your to do yeah. list and and we can kind of get caught up in the like i have all the friends i need i have all <laughs> the you know but we do it because it is a rehearsal for heaven. I yeah. love that phrase. That was so beautiful, Nikki. But it is kind of just like, this is what it's going to be like. So let's go ahead and bring it to earth as much as we possibly yeah. can. Um, and so I love that, the why behind that as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs>
2: Making it personal, you know, Rachel was a stranger five years ago that someone introduced me to a church. And I'm just reiterating what both of you said so beautifully. Had I said, hey, she's not my type of friend, I don't <laughs> love, I mean, she's a mom. I don't have a boyfriend. What's happening? You know, what can she do for me? How does this, but five years later, ladies, mm-hmm. when you talk about the fullness of the relationship and co laboring and ministry, and yes, Sparrow Women is a huge part of our lives, but we laugh and we eat and she lets me tell her about relationships and vice versa. And so both of you said this, but there's just a richness knowing that the Lord has gone before us in these things. And that oh, by the way, he loves justice. He loves peace. He is a God of peace and of mercy. And so there is a blessing on the other side of just a shaky. Yes. To Mm -hmm. your point, Mary Margaret, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know anyone. I'm going to try. We have so many testimonials of women Come to Sparrow Women Conference and leave with friends for life. They yeah. come back in the next year. Mm-hmm. They come back again the next year, and so just encouraging women towards obedience first, and just knowing
1: that the Lord's holding them in the journey despite the uncertainty. Right. Amen. <laughs> I love that. So good. Well, to ask our our question that we always ask: What has marked you? You know, for each of you to answer, what is something that's marked you? No, you, you go. go. No, you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you go. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just God's steadfast love. You know, I just, I um can't help but parallel just a life as a single woman and all the things that have happened and how, um, you know, he has been a protector and a provider for me and a faithful friend and a sustainer. And I am so fickle. And there are so many ways that I fail and sin, sin against the Lord. But just thinking about how His steadfast love extends to the heavens and his faithfulness um, is to the clouds has really, really marked me because um, when friends fail me, when family fails me, when I fail them, uh, the Lord is who I've fallen back into and who I've rested in and who's yeah. brought me comfort and peace and grace. And so that has literally marked my life. Looking back on 30 something years of life, um, I cannot get away from the indescribable um, peace and love and joy that the Lord has brought me in his steadfastness to me as a friend and a father, um, that's what comes to mind first yeah. for me. Yeah.
3: So good. So good. Um, I would say, you know, what came to mind is, um, the verse, uh, in Ephesians where it says he himself is our peace. Mm. Um, that's so personal. He could have said, um, he is your peace but it says for he himself is our peace. And it creates that um, for um, he is the vine. We are the branches. Um, It creates that sort of feeling like um, we are um, in him and we have fellowship with him. Um, And this is, significant right now. And that's marked me right now because life feels very crazy. Sometimes very chaotic. Um, I have four kids. Um, church is crazy. Life is crazy. Friends are crazy all the time. Going, going, going ministry is full and so much, uh, good things, so many good things. Um, and so when peace is hard to find, sometimes I want to go to the branch and I want to pluck off a grape and I want to go, okay, I'm going to go get my peace. And I want to grab onto Christ. I want to go, okay, peace. Get my grape. Whew, okay. But I was reminded the other day, no, no, no. <sighs> no, 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 I am a part of that vine. He himself Is my peace. Therefore, I am a part of him. And so, because of that, that marrow, that sap, it is ebb and flow to me all the time. He himself is my peace. So, I don't have to go and grab it like a piece of fruit and try to insert it when I'm feeling chaotic, that it is always available to me Um, in the darkest of nights and in the highest of mountaintops. It is always available to me because Mm -hmm. he himself. Is my peace, mm-hmm. and so that is what has marked me, and I will continue to say that to myself, preach it to myself, yeah. and to my people, yeah. and to everybody. All day. Yeah. So
0: anyway,
1: that's what's yes, <laughs> so good. Well, you know, what's the best way? And we'll link to all of this in our show notes today on um, on the um, Life of Women website. But what's the best way for women to find out more about Sparrow Conference and Sparrow Women?
3: Yes, please go to SparrowWomen.com. Tickets are available. It is on March 29th and 30th. It'll be here in Dallas, Texas. Come on down to Texas. (laughs) Come on. Um, It will be, uh, we're going to have a great time. It'll be at the Music Hall Fair Park. It's Friday night and Saturday during the day. There are hotel accommodations available. You can get all that on our website. You can find us on um, all social platforms. It's at SparrowWomen.com. Uh, you can find us there. So awesome! Great. Well, we will share all those links and make sure that for
1: those of you listening today, that you have easy ways to connect with mm-hmm. Sparrow Women and everything that they're doing. And um, I love your website and just all all of your social stuff. It's all I so know, pretty. It, it just. Is. I've been seeing I've just been watching all them. I'm like oh I love it it's so pretty so yeah. y'all do a great job
2: Elizabeth, will you come Margaret, come with Elizabeth. Elizabeth.
1: I think I have to be somewhere else that weekend I, I was looking because I know <laughs> I know we were just talking about it right before she goes come with me and I was like let me see so I will see what I can do we
0: would schedule, love to see but, you schedule. we would love to come yes, yes got it well Lifeway Women will be at the Sparrow Conference and we're real excited we're making plans to do some special things for the attendees um, because we love Sparrow Arrow, and we love all that y'all are about, and so we just want to be good partners in ministry with y'all. And um, I think I said y'all like fourteen times there, but it's all good. We love it. We love it. <laughs> we yeah. love yeah. Lifeway
2: yeah. Women. We thank you guys Lifeway so women. much for your prayers and your partnership and support. We appreciate and value everything you guys do for women. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: We are co-laborers. I love doing yes. it. So yes, yeah. makes it make sense. Well, thank you both so much for being with us today. This has been a great, really nuts and bolts, helpful, mm-hmm. biblical, practical episode today that I'm really grateful for. And I know our listeners are going to have loved this. So we will see you guys next time on the Marked Podcast.
0: Bye. Thank you.
1: Thanks so much for listening.
0: If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary C. and at EB Heineman. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us.
1: You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast.
0: And if you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We will see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.